So one thing I recommend doing in that kind of situation for yourself, and it's been so helpful for me and for a lot of my clients, is creating a mantra for yourself that will help you to reframe the negative thoughts that accidentally slip into your mind. So here's a mantra I like to use. Yours might be totally different, but I'm going to share one of mine. I say to myself, I'm here and I'm showing up. I'm doing my best and I'm proud of myself for that. It may not be perfect, but it is a lot better than not trying at all. And I tell myself that over and over. Welcome to the Infinite Capacity Podcast for Moms in Midlife. I'm your host, Andrea Morton of Think to Thrive Coaching, and I'm here to help you discover your full potential. Are you ready to reach for the stars? Is it time to level up your life and relationships? Are you looking for inspiration? I'm excited. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hi, everybody. It's great to be back with you here again on the Infinite Capacity Podcast, and I really appreciate your time. And I'm so excited to share with you a conversation that I think is really crucial about a topic that seems to be coming up very consistently in coaching sessions that I am having with the moms that I'm lucky enough to coach. So today on the podcast, I want to talk to you about self-talk and why the way that you talk to yourself is actually one of the most crucial things that you can work on and actually make changes with so that you can improve your quality of life and also your ability to accomplish the goals that are important to you and to get out of ruts and to live into the best version of yourself. So, Self-talk is really important as a mom, first of all, because we are often holding together a lot of things for the people in our life. And so if we can show up with kindness toward ourselves, it's going to make us more patient with our kids, you know, less likely to react or get snappy, even if our kids are tired or they're having a tantrum or in the case of teenagers, maybe they're being really snarky or distant. But when we have that really positive inner dialogue for ourselves, it helps us to have the bandwidth that we need to actually be able to be there for our kids, even in their harder moments. And also as someone who is a role model for our children, it really helps if we are like able to model for them positive self-talk because they are always listening. And, you know, one great example of this, I've had moms that come into coaching sessions before who are like, oh my gosh, I accidentally slipped up and said a cuss word in front of my kid, and now my little kid is saying this cuss word at school, and the teacher called, and it's so embarrassing, and and really that's just a great example about how these ears, whether are we have little pitchers that are listening, little kiddies, or if we have um, big kiddos that are listening, they're always listening to us, they're always watching us, and they are learning from us. And so if we say something about ourselves that is negative, like maybe I stand in front of a mirror and I say, oh gosh... I really hate the way I look now that I'm aging, then my daughter hears that, right? My sons hear that. And then even if they're not consciously taking that in, it's affecting them. And maybe then they have a moment when they're standing in front of a mirror and they're thinking unkind thoughts about themselves. So that's another reason why self-talk is just a really worthy topic. So my 13-year-old daughter has been feeling really nervous recently because she's going to start high school in the fall. And so she's been bringing it up from time to time in conversation. And when she does, she says things to me like, well, I'm not my brother's mom. It's really hard to follow in their footsteps. 
And my daughter is the youngest, as you know, of three kids. And it is true that she happens to have two big brothers who are super hardworking and who over time have each made a name for themselves at the high school in different ways. However, it is also equally true that my daughter all by herself is a totally great kid. She is smart, she's capable, she's creative, she has lots of friends, and she honestly has no obvious reason to be dreading high school. Like, there's no thing that's happened to cause her to feel dread. She's also getting almost no pressure from us at home from her parents to be anything like her big brothers or to follow in their footsteps, although, of course, we always want her to have the same opportunities that were given to our boys, but that's not the same as needing her to be like them. And in fact, for all of their lives, my husband and I have actually been really intentional about this, and we've made a point of telling our kids over and over that what matters to us personally is effort. And we're not results focused. So as long as we know that they are trying, that they're putting in a solid effort, we don't care if they get good grades. We don't care what their life trajectory turns out to be as long as we can see that they are not giving up on themselves, that they are really trying. And we know that our daughter, the sweet 13-year-old, she is always trying her best. In fact, usually my husband and I think she pushes herself a little too hard. She stresses a little too much, and she's not taking enough time right now to just enjoy being a kid, and we tell her so. So we are already totally satisfied with who she is and what she's bringing to her learning and her life, and we're already super proud of her. And our conversations with her typically revolve around us encouraging her to chill out a little bit, uh, not stress so much about the future. Um, But the problem is that our words and our voices are not the only things that she hears inside of her brain because she has a different kind of self-talk and you listeners have already heard some of it today, even if you weren't aware that you were doing so. And her self-talk goes a little bit like this. I'm not my brothers. It's really hard to follow in their footsteps. Maybe I'm going to fail. Maybe I won't be as good as they are. And that could be embarrassing you know, I'm not enough. Um, Maybe I'm going to be disappointed in myself. So even though my daughter thinks that she's just telling herself the truth about a situation, I know as a life coach that she's really just filling her head with optional thoughts and phrases that are not serving her very well. Because the only actual fact of all of the different things I've reported to you here that she has said to us is the sentence, I am not my brother's. Now that is true. (laughs) It's a true statement. It's a fact. My daughter is her own unique and separate person, and she couldn't be her two big brothers, even if she really tried, because they're older than her, and they're not the same gender as she is, and that would just be physiologically impossible. They're not the same humans. But let's get back to her self-talk. So what is self-talk, and why do all of us do it? Why does it matter what we say to ourselves throughout the day? Why am I even talking to you about this topic on the podcast? Well, self-talk is the dialogue internally. It happens inside of you that we have every day, and it is impacted by our subconscious mind. And a lot of the time, our self-talk uncovers or brings to light things that we've been thinking about, that we've been processing, maybe some deep-seated beliefs that we have about ourselves or stuff that we're trying to work through. It can also be influenced by the messaging that we've heard from other people in our lives, 
For example, if you hear someone else's thought about you often enough, especially while you're growing up, you may ultimately adopt that thought and reinforce it to yourself for the rest of your life. Like if you had a parent or grandparent that used to put you down when you were young and say, oh, you know, you're not as worthy as your siblings, then over time, even if you really, really were angry about that as a kid, over time, you might have started to say those same kinds of things to yourself. But self-talk is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not also necessarily a good thing. It can be either. It can be both. It can be neither. You might say some things to yourself that are really helpful, like maybe sometimes you show up as your biggest cheerleader, or maybe there are other times when your self-talk is damaging and you say things that make you feel even worse in a situation or maybe make you feel kind of down or pessimistic. Ironically, even if you were to speak all of your self-talk aloud, the people around you, even your closest people, might not be able to accurately pinpoint what for you is helpful self-talk and what for you is harmful self-talk because only you can know how your words that you're saying to yourself actually make you feel inside of your physical body. For example, I might say, and I have been known to say things like, okay, you've got this, Andrea, you can do this, you're doing a great job, keep it up, to myself. But if I'm feeling anxious when I'm saying those things, like if my physical body is feeling nervous, if my heart is racing, if I have like dryness in my mouth, if like I'm feeling tension in my shoulders, and if I feel that way every time I say those things, then maybe even though the words are, you know, ostensibly really nice and positive sounding, they might not actually be helpful self-talk for me. Maybe subconsciously when I say those things, it actually makes me feel more stressed out or more pressured. Actually, my son has sometimes accused me of being a pessimist because I say other things when I'm in a tough spot, like, okay, no matter what happens moving forward, I will figure this out. And then he says, but mom, why are you assuming the worst? And what my son doesn't know or understand because he's not inside of my body is that when I say that particular phrase to myself, it actually makes me feel a lot calmer inside, a lot more relaxed inside of my own skin. I feel a lot more in control of my emotions, and I actually feel really strong when I say that. So in this case, you can see that my words are very helpful self-talk for me, but listening to them does not make him feel better. Self-talk can be a very effective tool for managing stress, and it can also help you to create a better quality of day-to-day life. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, that you are brand new to even thinking about the topic of self-talk. We can assume that you are already talking to yourself in your own head because that is a really normal thing for humans to do. But maybe all your conversations so far have been really automatic and really unintentional. Like maybe you never really thought before about whether or not the way you're talking to yourself is really helping you or if it's productive. Maybe you just accepted it as like, well, this is my inner voice. And now maybe today listening to my podcast, you're discovering for the first time that you can actually work with your self-talk. And when you do work with it, you could be opening a door to greater happiness for yourself, more productivity, etc. So then the question becomes, well, what do you do? How does self-talk work? And how can you change your self-talk to actually improve your quality of life? And those are all really valid questions. According to many experts, in order to effectively practice self-talk, you have to first be able to notice and identify what you're thinking, especially when you're thinking negatively. 
So in my Growth and Grace Coaching Collective that I'm lucky enough to run with two other amazing coaches, we have a process that we created for analyzing our thoughts and then working with them, and it's called Intero. And the most important letter in the word Intero, which actually means whole in Italian, is the N, because the N stands for noticing. And to become really good at constructive self-talk, you first have to notice what your automatic tendencies were, and you have to catch yourself when you're starting up again with negative self-talk. So let's go back to the case of my daughter. Well, she has to actually understand that when she says things like, well, maybe I'm going to fail or I'm not as good as my brothers, she isn't just stating a fact. She's actually engaging at that moment in negative self-talk. She has to then be able to pull far enough back from her own brain to see it clearly and then name it and say, oh, wow, I'm not really talking very nicely to myself right now. Why would I want to tell myself that? Why would I want to tell myself that I might fail? Because Honestly, she's just as likely to succeed. Experts have grouped this kind of negative self-talking in two different categories. So for the sake of you listeners and for my daughter, I'm going to describe them for you here very briefly. And then if you want to know more, you can absolutely Google this. You'll easily find information online. So one of the negative kinds of self-talk that people do is called polarizing. Polarizing is when you see things that happen to you as kind of black or white and not with a lot of gray areas. So if you make a mistake, for example, like say you overslept, you might start tearing yourself down and saying things like, ah, I can't believe I'm so lazy. I am totally worthless on weekend mornings. I have wasted the day. And so now everything's black rather than seeing that maybe this is a mixed blessing or experience. Maybe it's a little more gray because another person might look at the same exact scenario and say, ah, It's a shame I overslept today, but I must have really needed that sleep, and now I will be more alert and productive as I move forward through the afternoon. So you can see that this latter kind of self-talk might actually be more motivating to the person who overslept, who's now talking to themselves, because this latter kind of talk is allowing for a glimmer of positivity to shine through, and they're not just looking at it all in a negative way. Okay. Another kind of negative self-talk that is kind of similar to polarizing is called magnifying. And that's when you allow your brain to focus on all of the negative details of something that has happened, and you totally disregard all of the more neutral or positive parts. Uh, For example, say I got into like a minor car accident, and then I spend the rest of the weekend in self-talk, talking down to myself and talking to others about how stupid I am and how careless I am and how could I have done that rather than allowing myself to acknowledge that there's some other things happening also, like how lucky I was that it was a minor car accident or how that scrape on the fender is not even really very noticeable and that my quick reflexes were great and they stopped it from becoming a worse accident. So do you see how there's a difference between magnifying so you're just really focusing on all of the bad versus just being a little bit more equal, a little more um, able to be open to all of the truths in a situation? 
Some other people personalize their negative self-talk. It's called personalizing. And they blame themselves for just about everything that happens wrong in their life. Like they say, oh, see, I knew I was going to lose my job. I was never good enough for that job anyway. I didn't know enough about my field. Um, I was, you know, didn't ever raise my hand like correctly in meetings. Gosh, I, I, I know they say that those layoffs were a surprise, but I should have seen that coming. You see how that person is saying so many mean things to themselves in their own head. They're personalizing all their problems. Another situation where that happens sometimes is where you have like spouses and one of them cheats and maybe leaves and the other spouse, rather than saying, gosh, this person has really been surprising. This person has really made decisions that affected me or our family. This person has really let me down. Like instead, they put it all on themselves and they're like, what was wrong with me that I wasn't enough, that my partner would cheat on me or that my partner would leave? And they make it all about themselves and their own problems rather than seeing that, hey, maybe it had nothing at all to do with you. Maybe this is all about the other person. Maybe you're just fine. Okay, lastly, another kind of negative self-talk that a lot of people fall into and have to work on is catastrophizing. And that's when your brain is expecting the worst out of all situations, even when it's illogical and unlikely that something terrible will actually happen. And so catastrophizing is actually what my daughter is doing when she's thinking in advance about how hard and awful she thinks high school might be, because she actually has no literal reason yet to think that she's going to struggle in high school. She hasn't even started high school yet. She's still in middle school. But her brain is telling her stories about all these different things that could potentially go wrong, which unfortunately can actually affect her right now physiologically and psychologically because that feeling of stress and worry and anxiety can actually affect your body. So it's not harmless that she's catastrophizing because it can have an actual effect right now, even if all of her worst dreams never come true. So that kind of self-talk can actually be damaging. Now, At this point in the podcast, this might be a great time for you to examine yourself as a mom or a human. What are the kinds of negative self-talk that you sometimes engage in? Like, what are some of the mean things that you might be saying to yourself automatically? You might not even realize that you're saying them, but it does happen. Like, you know, what would be one of the crummy things that you've been known to say to yourself? Maybe if you make a mistake or if something goes wrong. The great news is that once you are aware of the snarky or cruel or mean voice in your head that might be in the habit of telling you some negative things like how stupid or lame or shameful or wrong you are, there are concrete real things that you can actively do to change your self-talk. And I can't get into all of them on the podcast, but I'm going to start. I'm going to give you like the first couple bits. So as you know, I am a life coach and I do this kind of work with women all the time. And in my practice and my field, we call this kind of thing mindset shifting. I've also heard this called thought flipping. There's a lot of different ways of calling it. Anyway, this is the kind of practice where you take a negative thought that is causing you pain and then you look at it objectively on purpose and you start to poke holes in it. So say your thought was something like what we mentioned, I'm so stupid. You write that down, maybe in your journal, and then you start noticing every time you tell yourself this thing, and then you brainstorm all of the reasons that you can why this thought that you keep repeating to yourself is actually false. 
case your brain's like, oh no, I thought it must be true. And I'm here to tell you as your coach, no, no, it's not. It's not true. It's just an optional thought. Now tell me why it's false. So, you know, if the optional thought was, I'm so stupid, then you say, why is this false? Well, it was actually pretty smart of me to remember to get gas this morning. So I'm not that stupid. Or, um, Actually, I am really good at managing um, the budget for the PTA project that I volunteered for. So see, that's actually pretty smart. Or, huh, I have a lot of life experience that actually makes me wise and careful in a lot of situations, and I do a pretty good job guiding my kids. So what you do is you place your nasty negative self-talk right next, even on the paper, to some conscious internal positive self-talk. And then every single time that you hear that snarkiness coming up for you automatically, you intentionally counter it with the positive idea instead. It's important, though, that whatever the positive idea is seems believable to you, that you're like, yeah, this is real. This positive thing is real. So this doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes practice. Sometimes it even takes coaching. But it's not like you're going to tell yourself one time, well, you know what? You're actually pretty smart and wonderful. And then magically your life will become sunshine and rainbows and daisies with bunny rabbits flying through a field. That's not going to happen. But here's the thing, conscious, steady practice. Maybe by the 50th time you interrupt your negative thought and you tell yourself the positive thought. Maybe by the 200th time you interrupt your negative thinking and you replace it on purpose with something that was kind and constructive. You will start to be able to break through those old hardwired neural pathways that may extend all the way back to your childhood. It definitely takes repetition It takes consistency, but I promise you, because I have done this work myself and I have done it with so many women that I have been lucky enough to coach, you can literally rewire your brain toward better self-talk. And rewiring your brain to think and say kinder things can have a powerful effect in your real life. In a 2020 study that was published in Child Development, self-talk was found to benefit the performance of children who had previously held negative beliefs about their competence, and they found that speaking positively to themselves about their efforts severed this association between their negative competence beliefs and their poor performance. Because when they believed bad things, then they would perform poorly. But they found that children who engaged in positive self-talk actually optimized their achievement in school, specifically in mathematics in this study. So to wrap up today's conversation and really emphasize why it's so important to work on our self-talk, because you really can make a change, I want you to know that Just by starting to listen to yourself and hear the things you say to yourself, you are already taking a huge, important step in the right direction. What you say to yourself actually matters. If you notice when you say things to yourself, you've made a great start. As moms, we are notorious for saying negative things to ourselves and even comparing ourselves negatively with other moms. And as a mom of teens, okay, let's be real, I am also constantly being told things by my kids about, you know, how lame I am and how old I am and how I'm a dinosaur and I'm boring and repetitive and all those things. And so it takes intentionality on my part. It takes real conscious effort to notice when I automatically start repeating those negative things to myself in my head. And then I have to take action on purpose to correct those ideas. 
So one thing I recommend doing in that kind of situation for yourself, and it's been so helpful for me and for a lot of my clients, is creating a mantra for yourself that will help you to reframe the negative thoughts that accidentally slip into your mind. So here's a mantra I like to use. Yours might be totally different, but I'm going to share one of mine. I say to myself, I'm here and I'm showing up. I'm doing my best and I'm proud of myself for that. It may not be perfect, but it is a lot better than not trying at all. And I tell myself that over and over. So as we sign off this week, I'd love to challenge you to start thinking about the role that self-talk plays in your life. How are you speaking to yourself? How would you like to speak to yourself? What mantra would you like to turn to to help keep your self-talk constructive? These are really great things for you to journal about, and I'm going to share all this with my daughter too, and I hope that it will help her to get a handle on how she's been thinking about and looking forward toward high school, because I really believe in her, and I believe that she will bring amazing, unique qualities and spirit to that school, and I hope that someday she'll be able to teach her peers how they can notice and identify their self-talk and how they can turn it around when necessary. So maybe it's just gonna be a gift that keeps on giving. But listeners, I want you to know that I believe in you too so much. And I know that you can talk kindly to yourself today. And that's what I have for you this week. All right, everybody, we'll be back soon with more great new episodes of the Infinite Capacity Podcast. If you'd like to keep in touch between now and then, Follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Think to Thrive Coaching, or you can check out my passion project, the Reasonably Priced Growth and Grace Coaching Collective, www.growthandgracecoaching.com. Have you left your five-star review yet for the Infinite Capacity Podcast? You can do so now on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform. It's easy and quick to do, and we would appreciate it so much. Have a fantastic week.